Running the LA Marathon was the biggest physical and mental challenge of my life. 26.2 miles of nonstop running for three hours and 48 minutes. That breaks down to an average pace of eight minutes and 42 seconds per mile and 3,900 calories burned. We got the medal on. Let's go. It was months of training and hundreds of hours out on the open road by myself to prepare, but so worth it in the end. Today, we're going to dive into the entire experience, how I could barely run a mile when the pandemic hit, training for it, how the day went of the marathon, and some of the biggest takeaways that I had from the experience. Let me be clear, you do not need to be training for a marathon for this episode to resonate with you. If you are someone working towards a goal, then I hope this podcast pours gasoline onto the fire. Let's fire it up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to It's the Bearded Man podcast with your favorite, the world's favorite bearded man, Bob Bay. Each week on these solo podcasts, I try to dive into topics to help you become the best version of yourself. Now, do I have all the answers? Absolutely not. This is just my beard, my bearded wisdom that I hope brings value to you. Now, if you enjoy this episode at any moment in time, please, please, please screenshot this episode on whatever platform you're listening in on. Post it to your IG story. Tag me. That's at Babe. That's B-O, three B's, four A's and a Y. Share out the podcast on your IG story. Let me know what was the biggest takeaway. How did this specific episode change your perspective? Uh, any amount of wisdom that you pulled from this podcast, let me know through your IG story post. It is so appreciated. I see it every week. And you guys and gals fire me up every time uh, I see you posting it. And, and, and believe me, it helps the growth of this show. So please keep doing that. If you have not signed up for our Stay Dialed In newsletter, you need to do that today. You are missing out. I have been preaching about this newsletter the last two to three months. We have consistently put out for, I think, the last four months, uh, which is crazy. That went by quick. Uh, it's coming in hot every Tuesday to your inbox. It's three to five minutes, maybe even less of a read, and it's just there to help you become the best version of yourself. I'm just spreading my wisdom from the, what I'm learning along the way and hoping that it brings value to all of you out there who read it. So please head over to itsthebeardedman.com to join. Once again, that's itsthebeardedman.com to join. Uh, and I think you're going to enjoy it. The link in the description of the sign up is in the episode uh, description of this podcast. My first marathon. I was laughing when I put on this medal to record this podcast because uh, we're now eight days out uh, from completing the marathon. And you better believe for that first seven days after, I was literally wearing the medal around our house, eating breakfast, doing everything. Could I, I just wanted to soak it all in while I could. Ever since I was a kid, I could only imagine what it would feel like to run a marathon. Now, growing up in Massachusetts, you always hear about the legendary Boston Marathon yearly uh, once Patriots Day rolls around in April. Now, my father had ran it uh, the year before I was born in 1992, so this was always something he talked about when I was growing up. And I knew that someday I would have to step up to the plate and run my own marathon. On November 7th, 2021, at approximately 10.46 a.m., I crossed the finish line of the LA Marathon and crossed off this epic bucket list item. If we go back in time, I was never really a runner growing up. There were times in high school and college where I would commit to running a few days a week for months at a time, and then I would drop it. Even the most amount of miles that I would run would tend to be three or four miles at a time, and really nothing ever more than that. There were three pivotal moments 
that happened in the past 18 months that really pushed me into realizing that I could really do it, that I could run a marathon. First thing, got started. When the pandemic first hit, I had no access to the gym like all of you. I did my morning workouts in my house, sit-ups, pull-ups, push-ups. But at the end of the day, I was still itching to get out of the house and, and looking for something to do. So what did I do? I started running just a mile per day, four to five days a week. And it wasn't easy at first, but then I started to build the miles with time and I really started to enjoy the mental clarity and the physical aspect of running that the running was becoming. The second thing that happened was I kept the momentum going forward. So I joined the Grand Running Club in the fall of 2020. It is an LA-based run club that is literally 90% about community and 10% about running. And every Saturday we would meet up in Santa Monica and with an interest of both building community and running, this really started to open my eyes to the world of running. I was now alongside people that had put up marathons and were putting up casual 10 to 15 miles on a Saturday. I thought to myself, these people are a different breed, but I like it. I remember there was a virtual half marathon they had put on and I thought to myself, me running 13.1 miles, not a chance. There's no way I'm doing that. That was eight months ago. So let me tell you, don't underthink your own capabilities. The third thing that happened, which was really pivotal in me being able to complete a marathon, uh, was pay attention to the details. So YouTube picked up on all the research that I was doing on running and recommended me someone by the name of Nick Bear. Now for context, he's the founder of Bear Performance Nutrition. A lot of people know it as BPN. And he is a beast that continues to sign himself up for some of the most incredible physical challenges out there. He's ran Ironmans, uh, ran a sub three marathon. He's been running ultra marathons as of recently, which is over a hundred mile races. Just absolute savage. His story is really something special and hold me to it. Someday in the near future, we will get him as, as a guest on this podcast. I promise you, it is going to happen. At the time that I came across his content, he was preparing for running a sub three marathon. Now, for context, that for those out there that don't know what that means, that's running 26.2 miles at a six minute and 50 second pace, if not lower than that. That's how you hit a sub three hour marathon. You were legit cooking out there, okay? Although that wasn't my goal, this man became my indirect marathon trainer with all the content that he was putting out, showing the behind the scenes of the training, the dieting, the weekly mileage, the recovery sessions, what shoes to wear, the mentality it would take to get through a marathon, everything. I was taking note and watching his content on a weekly basis to just understand what happens behind the scenes to train for a marathon. Now, you combine all three of these things together, and I had all the tools necessary to run my first marathon. So early this year, I decide I'm going to run the LA Marathon, which is usually March of every year, but it was scheduled for May due to COVID issues. I thought, perfect. This is right around January, February. I'm like, this is great. I got four, five months to train. Let's lock in. Now, not long after that, it then got pushed back six months to November, once again, because of COVID issues. A question that was submitted about today's podcast uh, came from Finn, and he said, how did the marathon being pushed back impact you? That's a great question. As anxious as I was to run it, and now having to wait even longer for it, I thought to myself, 
this is only going to give me more time to prepare. So I'll take it. I immediately looked at the positive aspect of the situation, recognizing the date getting pushed back was completely out of my control. I didn't resist it. I just accepted it. So now over the next six months, I ran four to five days per week. I went from running four miles a day during the week to seven. I went from one long run on the weekend of seven miles to now 10, 14, 18, and all the way up to 23. Now the honest truth, I attempted running a full marathon twice before the actual LA marathon and I failed both times. I wanted to complete it. Uh, I wanted to complete it as I felt like my body was trained enough for it. And I wanted to make an example to not wait for, not wait around for the opportunity. If anything, create it. If the marathon was going to be pushed back so many months and I had to wait for it, well, I was like, why not just go out there and do it? The biggest mistake that I had made though, on those two attempts was not preparing myself 48 hours ahead of time with enough calories and hydration. And looking back, I think the world wanted me to wait for that first marathon to be an official one. And I'm honestly glad that it, it did, that the third time was the charm. I got a question submitted from Alex Agaris. He said, dieting for marathon training. One lesson I learned early on, you need to fuel the body when you're pushing it for long distances, excuse me, such as marathon training. Carbs are going to become your best friend. And I ate a lot of rice throughout this training session. Once I found the meals that worked, I doubled down on them. I paid attention to what gave me fuel and made me feel good before each run. Another question I got submitted by Kevin Papilli was, all, were there any injuries during the training? There was only one, and it was a great lesson that I learned very early on. As I was starting to increase the long runs, I began to learn the importance of stretching. Up until this point, I did bare minimum of stretching for maybe 60 seconds. I'd pull each leg back, do a little bend, you know, a little jiggle, and I was ready to start running. I ended up messing up my IT band on my first attempt to running 14 miles. And I could feel my leg tighten up within the first three miles, but I thought to myself, uh, what, would the, what would David Goggins do? Uh, and, I, and I just kept going. I finished it, even though I knew this was not the right decision. The problem was even though I had pushed through it and made it work, I then spent the next two to three weeks recovering and strengthening it. I couldn't run for that first week after. And then after, even on the second week, I could barely get two or three miles. Luckily for me, I live with two past D1 volleyball players that understand the importance of stretching. And so they dialed me in on what I needed to do. I went from these little 60 seconds of stretching before the run to now a legit 12 to 15 minute session. And it was absolutely necessary and very crucial. And I reminded myself of that moment, of what it felt like to be two weeks out of commission because of not stretching. And I, and I told myself, if you never want to feel like this again, you need to take the stretching and training in the pre-run really seriously. And from that moment on, I never missed a full stretch. And it was crucial because I never got injured after that. Uh, after that, it was just, you know, pretty smooth sailing uh, in regards to injuries. By the time November rolled around, I was dialed in for this marathon. So dialed in. I was ready to rip up these miles. So the week leading into it, I only ran three times, very lightly, uh, a five-mile day, a three-mile day, and then a three-mile day. And they were very light, just slow and steady pace just to keep the blood flowing at this point. The training was done. There was nothing else that I could do to better prepare myself for this marathon. 
except to rest and allow my body to be fully recovered. So I rested and I allowed, I allowed that to happen. And in the runner's world, they call this the taper period. Uh, when you're slowing down training so your body can recover and can be 100% fresh come race day. And let me tell you, it's not easy to do because you go from running heavy five days a week to now you're telling yourself you're not allowed to really run at all. And uh, even though I knew it was going to be beneficial for you know, come marathon day, it was, it was still very hard to, uh, tell myself, don't go run. It's not going to help you at this point. Uh, and, and after, you know, after the three days of the light runs, the most important aspect was I just fully fueled myself properly. Uh, this was a question I got from my, my boy, Steve Mopsikov, uh, past roommate of mine, absolute legend. He said, what did your dieting look like before the actual marathon? So 72 hours out, I went carb heavy. Uh, one to one and a half cups of rice with both lunch and dinner. I ate a good amount of proteins with each meal. I hydrated and I fueled my body with electrolytes three times a day. And I just made sure to drink as much water as possible. Once November 7th, the race day arrived, I was ready to go mentally and physically. And I felt fantastic. I went to sleep at 8 p.m. the night before. I really didn't think I was going to be able to fall asleep at all uh, or even that early, but my body was tired and I was able to calm my mind to not think about this major day ahead of me and just tell myself, you need to sleep. You will feel even more recovered for tomorrow. So please just fall asleep. Luckily, this happened uh, when daylight savings, savings was happening. So that was clutch. And I ended up getting an extra hour of sleep, which really allowed me to get, I think, about a solid seven, almost eight hours of sleep. I woke up at 3.45 a.m. Uh, the next that morning. I had my last meal, which just consisted of toast, peanut butter, and banana. I slammed the coffee, um, and I also drank a full cup of water. Coffee was really important. It's something I learned in training. It helps get the bowels moving. And that is one extremely important lesson I learned from long-distance running is you need to find ways to get the bowels to move before you run. Otherwise, you are going to be in big, big trouble while you're out there. And uh, believe me, I learned the hard lesson a couple of times. The race began at 6.55 a.m. So this gave me three full hours to digest the meal since I was eating it at around 3.45 in the morning, which was plenty of time. 4.15 a.m., I did my normal stretching routine to get the body loose. At 5 a.m., I got an Uber to Dodger Stadium. I need to note about that, Dodge, or that Uber ride. I got in the car and my man was bumping 50 cent at 5 o'clock in the morning. And I knew I was off to the start of a day with greatness because 50 cent was bumping in our Uber. So it was great. I arrived 5.30 AM to Dodger stadium <clears throat> and I had access to something called start line hospitality, which was so worth it. I got it last minute thinking about what it was. And I was like, this is worth the investment. So I paid an extra $150 and you had a tent with heaters, chairs, foam rollers, foods, drinks, private bathrooms, and a space to relax before the race. This allowed me to mentally get in the zone and just stay calm and relaxed, right? For the other 12,000 runners, you're just showing up and you're waiting on, on asphalt, just counting it down and trying to stay warm. This extra 150 bucks gave me access to this exclusive little start line area where it was warmed up, it was heaters. It, it wasn't some bougie shit, but it was just so worth the money to be able to be in a space that you know had a soft floor that I could just lay on and just breathe and just really just tap into what was about to happen. So that was really, really, really important. Um, and what was so amazing about that experience uh, was when I was checking into the hospitality room, 
I actually met somebody that was a listener of this podcast, which got me fired up. You want to talk about ideal timing uh, as I'm about to go into this first marathon. This uh, young gal says, you know, she's a listener of It's the Beauty Man podcast. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like, what? This is amazing. So that was really appreciative. And uh, I hope she hears this today. Uh, at 6.35 a.m., I made, made my way to the start line, which was broken up into your average pacing per mile. You kind of get to choose. So I put myself in the eight-minute per mile group as that was a goal of mine to just fin finish somewhere in the eights. I was pretty open-minded. Um, and really the biggest goal that I had for myself for this race was to never stop running. Once I started, I wanted to keep my feet moving until I crossed that finish line. 6.55 a.m., the race begins and we, excuse me, we're off. A question I had from Matt Bailey, what did intra-run nutrition look like? So for liquids going into it, I had a game, plan, a game plan to hydrate every two miles at the hydration station, which are almost every mile and a half, two miles. For fuel, I used something called G, GU Energy Nutrition Gel, which was 100 calories. It was 22 grams of carbs, 50 milligrams of sodium, and 20 milligrams of caffeine. So really good balance of getting water in me, but then also some calories uh, because I was burning so much. Uh, along the race. The first two miles, it was tight because everyone is on top of one another and you are just trying to get into your groove. What I quickly realized and recognized was that none of my training consisted of elevation as I live on by the water on the west side of LA. So throughout the race, we ended up climbing a thousand feet, which was more than enough to really test me as most days I was barely scratching 50 feet of elevation. Um, and I just made sure to kind of slow myself down as I was trying to pace up these hills. First 13.1 miles uh, of the race, which is half the marathon, marathon's 26.2. I was in my groove. My body was feeling good and I was just sticking to my rhythm. This is when I had a little bit of a surprise from my friends and I had no idea this was happening. As I'm running, I glance to my left and I see two big ass posters with my face on it. I see another poster that says, fire it up. I see my two roommates, Robbie and Dan, and our friend Hayden. And for a split second, I thought to myself, am I hallucinating right now? I'm only halfway through the marathon. I feel great. The blood is flowing. We're in a groove. Am I hallucinating right now? But then I realized it was actually them. And it felt like they were pouring gasoline on the fire within me because it was just such a surprise. And it, it just, it felt, if it, it made it, meant so much to me that they had surprised me and made the effort to, sh to show up for me. For the next 13.1 miles, uh, I didn't know this, but then they surprised me every two miles, which was so helpful, appreciated, and just electric. Once I got to mile 20, that's when I knew the real marathon began. I knew that these next 6.2 miles were going to be the make or break of the race. And this is when I started seeing runners start walking. And on the, side of the, on the side of the street, stretching from cramps. Once again, I told myself, you are not going to stop running. And so I kept at it. And even when I started to feel the, you know, my, 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 my body was starting to feel a little bit tired, I just dropped the pace a little bit. Slowed myself down, but I kept moving my feet one foot in front of the other. I sat in the pocket and I just kept running. Mile 21, my headphones died. Now, I kid you not, I said, thank you. Because this was my opportunity to go real internal. Now, no music playing through my, th through my ears, 
uh, to pump me up, I recognize I now need to create the energy within me. This had happened a few months prior to one of my long run training sessions. I had 20 miles scheduled on the books for a Sunday and not even half a mile into the run, my headphones stopped working with my eye watch. I contemplated for maybe 10 seconds to turn around, run back half a mile, fix the headphones at my house, and then go back on the run. But the David Goggins spoke up within me once again. I thought to myself, you have already started the run. A problem has occurred, but you still need to keep going. So what did I do? I put the headphones in my pocket and I kept chogging along for the next 19.5 miles with no music other than being in the present moment and just taking it in as I ran. It was a powerful moment in my training where I really saw and recognized the importance of the mind. So when the music went out in mile 21, I thought to myself, I have been here before. No problem. Let's lock the fuck in. So as I'm now going into the last five miles of the race, I'm repeating three words that I picked up from Nick Bear. Go one more. I stopped thinking about the five miles I had left, and instead I took it one mile at a time. And I think that's exactly what got me to mile 20. I was, I was strategically taking this race two to five miles at a time. From zero to two, I was focused on once I get to two miles, we're getting that water. From mile two to four, I was like, focused. Let's just get to mile four. We're going to get some water. From four to five, I was focused. Let's get to mile five. We're going to eat this gel. And it was like that all race long, just breaking it down to two to five miles at a time and focusing on just those steps ahead of me. I dedicated mile 23 to my boy, Dylan Reese, who is someone I grew up with and I spent the first three years of living in LA. Huge inspiration to who I am and where I am today. And this is his favorite number. And so it was a no brainer. And I just, I needed to not only focus on one mile at a time, but as these numbers were rolling, I dedicated it to uh, certain people in my life. When I got to mile 24, I dedicated it to Kobe Bryant and I cranked up the, the Mamba mentality with me. And that really, uh, that really got the juices flowing. I dedicated mile 25 to myself for putting in the fucking work to get to this point. And I dedicated the last 0.2 miles of the, of the mile 26 to anyone out there with a dream. Now, if you follow me on IG, you've probably already seen this clip, but I was turning the corner to the finish line. I pulled out my camera to record the last 100 feet. I look at the camera and I say, if you got a dream, put the fucking blinders on and go. And the timing was really impeccable. I didn't know this was going to happen because after I finished that sentence, the announcer announced my name I was, as I was coming into the finish line, Bobby Hobart. If you listen to the audio of the video uh, after he makes the announcement of my name, you can really hear me pushing through those last couple hundred steps. I started to cramp in my left leg and I said, not now, chief, you are almost there. And I pushed through the pain, the goal to finish the marathon without stopping was complete. The official time was three hours, 48 minutes with an average pace of eight minutes and 42 seconds per mile. Total calories burned 3,923 bucket list item crossed off. Let's go. What this marathon meant to me, aside from crossing off a massive bucket list item, I wanted this marathon to represent mental health. From all the training and long hours on the road by myself, I really learned to sit with my thoughts and was able to sharpen my, my mind along the way. If you are someone who is going through something, 
please speak up. I wrote this on my shoes, mental health matters, speak up. And I wanted every step, the 26.2 miles to be dedicated to this topic. I also wore a hat my sister had uh, gifted me the week leading into the marathon. And it said, semicolon, stay. And the semicolon represented mental health. And the word stay is for those who may be contemplating leaving this world. You are not alone. And there are people out there that love and want to help you. Do not be afraid to say something. DM me at Bob A. If you have no one to talk to, I am here for you. This marathon was dedicated to Steve Wietek, a family friend that was blood to me, uh, has been, was there every step of my life growing up uh, as we lost him a few months back. Rest in peace, Weedy. We all love and miss you. Lessons from the marathon. Now, even if you have zero interest in becoming a marathon runner, I think there are a handful of lessons that you may be able to add to your tool belt that I learned from this experience. Number one, be your biggest accountability partner. Once you commit to something, you need to put in the necessary work behind the scenes. Otherwise, you will never make any progress. We need to be our own biggest accountability partner and stick to what we tell, her, stick to what we tell her ourselves we're going to do. Number two, consistency is the key. As long as we continue to show up, the results will follow. Easier said than done. But even when we're just getting started and we are so far away from where we want to be, we have to trust that so long as we keep showing up, we'll get there. Number three, it is you versus you. Regardless of your industry or what your goals are, do not get caught up comparing yourself or trying to keep up with others. It is not sustainable and is only going to hurt you in the long haul. If you're going to compare yourself to anyone, think about who you were just six months or a year ago. Look how much progress you've made and think about the progress that you're going to make in the next six to 12 months. Number four, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Take everything one small step at a time. If you move too quickly, you will burn out. Number five, go one more. Even when you feel like you are ready to toss in the towel, tell yourself one more mile, one more paragraph, one more email one more call, or one more whatever it is. That extra push is going to stack up with time. Thank you so much for implementing that mindset into me, Nick Bear. And number six, enjoy the process. We so often want to get to the destination, aka completing the marathon, but we forget the actual process or the training, in my case, is 99% of the work. We need to do our best to find joy and gratitude in the day-to-day -day process because that is where the job will get done. Will I run another marathon? Some of you may be wondering, is this a one-and-done type of deal, goal for the bearded man? I've posted and shared previously, but I'm happy to say that I am signed up for my next marathon in Austin, Texas on January 29th. Matter of fact, I was signed up for two marathons before I even completed my first one, before I even completed LA. And so that just told, I just did that to myself and said, once you're locked in, there's no backing out, baby. You got to complete both. This is not just another marathon. This is actually hosted by Nick Bear of Bear Performance Nutrition, BPN, the man that has so much impacted me on completing this first marathon in LA. 
It will only consist of 250 runners, and it will be a very exclusive and intimate experience, which I am so grateful and excited to be part of, and it's going to be unbelievably legendary. After that, I hope that I can find a way into the Boston Marathon in April of 2022. Uh, as of now, I uh, you have to qualify. You have to run a sub-three marathon, um, which I was not able to complete in LA, and the the uh, deadline has been cut off uh, as of now. There are other ways to get in, so I'm hopeful I will find a way in. And I also think it'd be really uh, epic and legendary to run the New York City Marathon in November of 2022. So I will keep you guys and gals posted and uh, very excited to see uh, what marathons we can accomplish in 2022. The fact that I'm just casually saying that is like a pinch me moment because uh, we've come a long way since we started getting, uh, since we got started with running. Lastly, uh, thank you. Thank you to those who reached out via DM, commented on the pictures, or listening right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the support. It means more than I can put into words. This is one of my most proud moments of my life, and I am so appreciative of you guys and gals listening right now um, who have been able to experience this achievement with me, maybe have seen it through social posts or whatever. But uh, if there's anything I recognize and I appreciate, it's people's time. So thank you for lending me your eardrums as, uh, as I dove into this incredible experience today. Challenge for you guys and gals. Now, we could not talk about such an incredible achievement without me flipping the script to you. What is that one bucket list item that you've always wanted to accomplish? I want you to really think about it. There's one inside you that you want to accomplish that you get anxious and nervous thinking about for a magnitude of reasons of the amount of work it's going to take or just think, visualizing and feeling that feeling and that emotion of what it would feel like to accomplish that goal. Think about what is that one bucket list item that you have wanted to accomplish. I want you to write it down today. You could pick a date on when you want to accomplish it if you'd like. I think that's smart because then you're really going to set yourself to a deadline. And I want you to start to reverse engineer the steps that it will take to accomplish it. If I can run a marathon, you can do anything you put your mind towards, I promise. So please, write down that goal and do it today. We did not have a pod review of the week. If you'd like to be next week's pod review, please head over to the iTunes podcast app and leave a one-sentence review. It's very, very uh, appreciative and supportive. So please, if you've enjoyed any of these podcasts, head over to the iTunes podcast app and leave us a review today. If you enjoyed this specific episode today, which I would argue is for sure one of the most important to me personal pod solo pods that I've done in my career. Um, if you enjoy this episode at all today, please screenshot this episode, post it to your IG story on whatever platform you're listening in on. Um, tag me at Bob A. That's B-O, three B's, four A's and a Y. Share out the podcast. Let me know how did this specific episode change your perspective? What did you learn? Uh, was there any big takeaway? Maybe what is the one bucket list item you're now going to go after because of this podcast, or maybe this uh, gave you a little bit of inspiration to now finally do it. I'd be very curious to hear how this podcast specific episode of all the ones that I've ever done, how did this one impact you? So please, please, please let me know. If you have not yet already signed up for the Stay Dialed In newsletter, you need to do that today. Head over to itsthebeardedman.com to join. Three to five minute read every Tuesday coming in hot to your inbox to help you become the best version of yourself. I don't think you're going to regret it. And if you do, you can unsubscribe, but I don't think you're going to want to do it once it comes into your inbox every Tuesday. So please, it's thebeardedman.com to join. 
You can also find the link in the description of this episode to sign up today. Ladies and gentlemen, that is episode 143, the LA Marathon, the greatest physical and mental challenge of my life. It's the Bearded Man Podcast. See ya!